It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But the, No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. To preview Sunday's game, as is tradition, we look at the matchup between the Texans and Redskins in a locked-on crossover going behind enemy lines. I'm Robert Land from the Locked On Texans podcast, along with my co-host Brian Patterson, and we are joined by Locked On Redskins host Chris Russell. And Chris, who is more surprised about, who is everybody more surprised about, the Texans or the Redskins being 6-3? and three? Uh, Robert, Brian, uh, first of all, thanks for doing this, guys. Good to be with you. Uh, you, you know, it's interesting. I would say everybody here is surprised that the Redskins are 6-3. and three, But, you know, I, I would also say nationally, right, who would have thought after <laughs> after the Houston Texans opened up, uh, what, 0-3, that they would be where they are? Uh, and, and, yes, of course, I, I understand they haven't beaten a great, great, great team yet in this six-game winning streak. So I would probably say – Nationally, the surprise is the Houston Texans at six and three. But I would also say, uh, you know, it's a neck and neck photo finish, if you will, <laughs> with with the Redskins because I have no idea how they're six and three. Yeah, we're doing this on Tuesday, man, and and we've already got a little build up going because uh, DJ Swearinger, the former Texan second round mm-hmm. pick, on Instagram said, "quote Coach O'Brien told me." I'd be out of the league in three years. Unfortunately, my God and grind had a plan and knew that six years later, I would make him eat his words. And just prior to the last game, (laughs) if the Redskins fans don't know against the Broncos, uh, they found Case Keenum's recounting, the the media did, of a story that quoted O'Brien as saying he was cutting, when he was cutting Keenum, you'll never be more than a third string quarterback in the NFL. Hey, this Chris, this could be like the new Texans weekly tradition. Hey, which which NFL player did O'Brien inspire this time? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I'd rather I'd rather inspire and cut down Case Keenum, quite honestly, than DJ Swearinger because DJ Swearinger hits a lot harder and he's a lot meaner. <laughs> you know, um, you know, no offense to Case Keenum, quite honestly. Uh, I, I know he's got some talent, obviously, and of course, you know, the Texans w- were able to escape with a 1917 win uh, out in, in Denver in the Demarius Thomas uh, Bowl, if you will, uh, and and return back to Denver. Uh, uh, but Swearinger is a really interesting story because I was thinking about this as, as O'Brien said that uh, his words today and then, you know, hearing uh, via teleconference, I should say, uh, and then, you know, hearing about what Swearinger said and Swearinger pops his mouth off any chance he gets. I mean, that guy just talks and talks and talks. Oh, and talks. Well, we know. Uh, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he is going to be a talk show host and then some and he's going to fill up a lot of time. Um, but, 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 you know, I, I would say this. 
you know, Bill O'Brien's not the only coach that that gave up on him. I mean, let's point out and let's be fair that he went to Tampa Bay and he got let go there pretty quickly. Uh, I believe I want to say that was Lovey Smith. I could be wrong, guys. Maybe you would know better. Um, and, and then went to Arizona and had a little bit of success there and obviously built back his career and, 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 and was attractive enough to sign with the Redskins as a free agent at the beginning of last year. But he only got a very moderate contract. I mean, the Redskins did not pay him a whole lot of money on a, as part of a three-year deal. So let, let's call it what it is. Bill O'Brien was not the only coach that didn't think DJ Swearinger was a great, great player. Yeah, and for the Locked On Redskins listeners, and Brian, you can chime in if you want as well, but yeah, he couldn't tackle in Houston, and you know, he says also in his Instagram, to be fair, he said he had a hard time adjusting to the new system when he was with the Texans, uh, he didn't want to play linebacker, like, I guess they wanted him mm-hmm. to do a little bit of that, he said he was also late a few too too many times, and he said it was all part of growing up and, and learning to be right. a pro. So I, I, I don't know. You know, that's a lot of garbage to put up with to expect Bill O'Brien to say, oh, OK, yeah, yeah we're going to take all of that. You, you remember, Robert, whenever he uh, he was getting his truck pimped out, his F-150, he never <laughs> paid the guy. You know, it was a big hot button story. And that's <laughs> that, that's another situation there. Remember the dog bites you know, on Jadavion Clowney, his rookie season. Uh, you know, he was getting in trouble with him. So he was just a lot more trouble than he was worth. So, you know, the list goes on and on and on. I was for the move to get him cut. But, um, you know, he's he, you know, right now he's, you know, in a good situation. And that's the way he is. Yeah. For the Redskins listeners. Yeah. It's the dog bite was uh, not DJ biting anybody. It was DJ's dog biting J.D. Clown. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, guys, because I, I remember being, um, you, you know, down in Houston for the 2014 season opener, of, and that was, you know, Jay Gruden's uh, head coaching debut. It was five years ago, for God's sakes. And Robert Griffin III was the Redskins' starting quarterback, and D.J. Swearinger had a sack in that game uh, of Griffin. And, and here I am thinking, you know, oh, man, this, you know, this guy's going to be a good – and, you know, obviously things didn't work out there. And little did I know a couple of years later he would become a Redskin. And I'll just kind of advance it, and, you know, I guess we'll kind of move on, you know, to some other issues, uh, uh, you know, after this. But Swearinger around here has not only become a very, very good all-around safety and plays a dual role – I mean, You'll see him back in coverage, but clearly he is more comfortable in the box. I think everybody uh, knows that he has definitely improved his tackling, but I think he's also improved his his anticipation, his his studying, and his leadership has been tremendous. People love him in this organization. People love him in that locker room, and I'm telling you guys, uh, you know, again, he he told me several times last year. He envisions himself as a true free safety more than an in-the-box guy. So that matches up with what you guys were saying about not wanting to play that hybrid linebacker role. And he has jumped in anticipated routes a lot this year. And maybe sometimes he's going to be wrong and he's going to guess wrong. And maybe you guys could, you know, hit a big one if he guesses wrong. But I'm telling you, he's been guessing a whole lot of right this year so far. Yeah, he was supposed to be a box safety when he came in the NFL, not – able to handle coverage and, and he, he just having all sorts of issues with the Texans, I think in coverage, but yeah, I mean, he's grown. You got to give him credit for that. He's become a, a better player through, through his stops. And you know, it's a big deal. There, there's another guy I got to ask you about Chris that the Texans, 
fans wanted them to sign this offseason. That that was a little bit of a story at the press conference as well. Before I get to that, though, before I get to him, I uh, just want to remind everybody about our partners over at MyBookie because uh, if you want to make a little money off of the NFL games this Sunday or maybe even NBA games as they, they go on, college football, whatever, go to MyBookie.ag because who you're betting on, it's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site, easy to use. We'd only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the biz. That all sounds great, doesn't it? Well, if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m., I guess central time for us, it would be uh, 7 Eastern for uh, the Redskins fans. They're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and my bookie will match you dollar deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Just visit MyBookie online today, and if you wait till 6 p.m., you get that extra $25 free play. Again, the promo code LOCKEDON25. Uh, go ahead, wait till after dinner, take that extra money. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, hey, Chris, uh, another big story here is Adrian Peterson. What's he been for you guys? Because Texans fans uh, could sure use him. They're, they're not real satisfied with the running back situation here. Th- these guys are just kind of okay. And, and uh, you know, Peterson was a Houston, Houston guy, and, and he wanted to come here. He made it very clear about that. Yeah, you know, Adrian has been, you know, much like Swearinger, but in a in a much less volatile way in terms of how he presents himself and handles himself. Guys, he's been a tremendous leader. He's been very uh, lead by example, inspirational to a lot of the younger players in that locker room uh, for the Washington Redskins in the building. How tough he is, how uh, mentally and physically tough he is. Uh, you know, I, I remember, um, and I don't know if you guys remember the, the the game, the debacle for the Redskins in New Orleans in week four on Monday Night Football. He came into that game already banged up with a knee injury. And on the second play of the game, Alex Smith hung him out to dry and he got absolutely walloped on the knee and then hurt his shoulder later on in the game. And he still hung in there. And then on a short week, played the next Sunday and played really well, which kicked started a three-game winning streak. So he's been, uh, again, inspiration might be strong, but he has been a guiding force for the Redskins. And one, you know, interesting thing that I think schematically uh, that's been neat to watch is Adrian came here, you know, of course, a future Hall of Famer, 
working largely with a quarterback under center and working largely with a lead fullback. That doesn't happen all the time or a lot of the time here in Washington. Alex Smith is in gun pistol a lot, uh, as mo- a lot of quarterbacks are, but and, and sometimes he's under center. And, and they don't have a fullback except in short yardage and, and usually just goal line situations, occasionally short yardage situations in, in certain packages. And that's even a, a and that's quite honestly a back up outside linebacker. He's not even a true fullback. So Adrian has adjusted to this, um, you know, kind of mishmash scheme that the Redskins have installed this year and, and asked him to be a part of, and he's done very well with it. Now, I'll just add one last thing. When he's off, he's been off. And the Texans' best chance is to stop him on first down because there's four or five game, uh, times a game where Adrian Peterson has stopped for negative yardage on first down. And if you can kind of get that, that ball rolling downhill and, you know, then the Redskins kind of give up on the run and abandon the run. And if they can't run, they can't win on offense. What's the difference between Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins and what you've gotten from those two guys over the last two years? Oh, well, um, you know, you, you, you guys know how exciting Deshaun Watson is when he's, you know, when he's right. Right. And, and when he's stretching the field vertically and I, I understand, you know, there's ups and downs with a young quarterback and, and, and there's moments where it's probably frustrating and he takes too many sacks and so on and so forth. Well, Alex Smith does one thing really, really, really well. And that's take care of a football. He doesn't turn the ball over. And that's the one thing, the one and only advantage besides leadership and I guess a calming influence that he does better than Kirk Cousins. Everything else Kirk Cousins does better, quite honestly. Um, I mean, I guess you could say maybe Alex extends plays a little bit more as he did last Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a couple of spots. But Kirk Cousins was pretty good with his feet as well. Uh, the Redskins are sorely lacking in the passing game, guys. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll just give you this little nugget. In the last four Redskins wins, they've passed for under 200 yards in each one of those wins. And it's been 178 passing yards in the last in each of the last three wins. So that tells you all you need to know, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins, again, you know, very prolific quarterback, run and gun, able to kind of come from behind. If the Texans take a lead in this game on Sunday at FedEx Field, it's pretty much lights out. The Redskins have not had a lead change at all, at all, this year in nine games. That hasn't happened since the mid-1950s, which is just incredible. If the Texans take a lead in this game, Alex Smith is probably not coming back. Outside of the passing game, as you mentioned, what else would you like to see that's missing from the game plan? When you look at the Houston Texans, and, and, and you guys tell me more, I, I see some special talent, right? I mean, we all know when J.J.'s healthy, J.J.'s a special talent, a universal talent. Um, you know, maybe, again, you guys have a different view on Jadavion Clowney, but he's a former number one overall pick. He's a talent. Whitney Merciless is a talent. Um you know, and then on offense, we all know how good DeAndre Hopkins is. We all know how good Deshaun Watson can be when he's right and when he's when he's clicking. The Redskins have none of that. So what what they need to do is add more talent to the mix that they just don't have. 
shy of maybe a Jordan Reed, who is finally starting to develop a rhythm and a chemistry with Alex Smith. So I would say this. Oh, and and finally, he's starting, I think, to run his routes like the Pro Bowl tight end that he used to be before uh, so many injuries. So I, I would say this. I would like to see a uh, even more, a lot more of Jordan Reed specifically in this game against the Houston Texans because that's their only chance, I think, to really, really get this passing offense uh, clicking. And then on defense, you know, just real quickly, I'll give you one. They need to get better, quite honestly, guys, uh, in the secondary, on the back end. They created some turnovers and stuff last week, but they are they are just getting destroyed via the, you know via the pass because they're trying to take away the deep stuff because they got beat early in the year by that, but now they're giving away everything underneath. And if a team is clicking like Atlanta was two weeks ago, they're going to get destroyed. Tampa was was clicking. Uh, for the most part, but then once they got in the 20, uh, once they got inside the red zone, then they couldn't execute. So if Houston can execute and can execute for seven, eight, nine plays in a row, or if they can hit a big one, the Redskins have no chance in this game. Yeah, just uh, you mentioned Alex Smith, and and the thing with him is uh, it's always been about he gets into a rhythm. He's a rhythm Mm -hmm. guy. We saw him tons with the Chiefs. It seems like we play the Chiefs every single year. But the thing with – the Texans that's always bothered me with Alex Smith is he's a short passing game guy. He's not typically going to go down the field. And I assume it's still the same thing. He's a three-step boom. The ball's gone. And the Texans have this issue sometimes where they back their secondary guys off way too much. And against Alex Smith, it's always a bad thing because he seems to know exactly where to go early, where, where the, the hole is, where the Texans, defender is is way too off his man and or there's a crossing route or something like that that's an easy you know three or four yard play and you could turn it into six or seven yards and it's always seems to be on first down so it's immediately at second or third and short I guess that would be my one concern is the Texans seem to know how to get Alex Smith in rhythm defensively over the years of course that's with Andy Reid I don't know if it's if it's any different with uh uh the way your offense is working right now yeah, well, well, that that that's a that's a key point right there because I've only seen that really and honestly in one game, and that was a couple of weeks ago at the Giants. And coincidentally enough, that was Alex Smith early on at his best. He started off ten of eleven in terms of accuracy, a short, crisp, quick release passing game, a lot of a lot of short, short little square outs and and screens and stuff. Now, of course, they're missing Jamison Crowder, who's unlikely to play this week. Their best slot receiver. They've been missing Chris Thompson for who's unlikely to play this week for you know if he misses this week, it'll be four out of five games. So that is hurt that element. But guys, you know, Jay Gruden does not like to run just a short passing game a la an Andy Reid. Jay Gruden likes to run the full route tree. He likes to run complicated pass patterns, which are very creative. And and, and again, they design and they scheme to get guys open, which can be a problem, but they take longer to develop. And I think that has kind of affected uh, Alex Smith's accuracy and his cohesion and his chemistry uh, with receivers. So I think, and maybe you guys can tell me, uh, I think J.J. Watt and I, you know, the uh, uh, J.J. Watt I have seen on tape so far, and I haven't done a full exhaustive study, uh, and I think this Houston front seven, you know, should against a revamped offensive line of the the, the, the Washington Redskins, no Trent Williams again, uh, new left 
guard who who was out of football last Monday, although he played you know reasonably well. No Brandon Sherry. They should have a field day. I mean, are you guys feeling pretty confident about this front seven still? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and let me get into that in a second. But just want to remind everybody to follow Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. That's our new Twitter feed where you get the local experts and all the Locked On NFL Network on one feed. Amazing stuff when all the games are going on or even when news is breaking. Also on Instagram, same thing, Locked On NFL Net. Uh, the major stories in just a minute. So you get these little perfect bite-sized audio content over on Instagram. Again, make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, going back to what you were saying, Chris, yeah, it's it's a lot of confidence in that front seven, and J.J. Watt may not be 100% of J.J. Watt. We were just talking about that yesterday, but, you know, what we were hoping for is that he would be maybe 80% of him or 90% of him coming back after the injuries and yeah, he's at least that and Clowney and Watt and Merciless have, that's been an issue of getting all those guys to be clicking at the same time. And for the first time, a few games into this season, we started to see where those guys were getting the pass rush. They were figuring out ways to make them all excel within the defense. And the other thing, and Brian, you could speak to this, but the secondary, even though it's not been perfect, I mean, the safety play has been a lot better, and the Texans are getting healthy at the cornerback position because uh, Jonathan Joseph missed, missed the last game with a knee injury, and Aaron Colvin's been out for a few weeks, and, and those two guys are coming back. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm pretty confident about the defense right now with them being as healthy as we've seen them in quite a while. What's really helped is the uh, the strong play of Kareem Jackson, uh, where he was going to be moving to safety this season. He's played quite a bit, but he's taken more snaps, uh, more than 230 um, at the cornerback position. So he's gone right back to it. Um, 130 snaps uh, pretty much over at the safety position. So the strong play of the front seven. Um, Whitney Merciless, like you said, coming back into form. Uh, we hope that uh, Duke Ejiofor, you know, our our pick in the uh, the sixth round, uh, could come around as as well. But um, the secondary with Justin Reed playing well, you know, our third round pick uh, from two thousand uh, from this year, of course, is is playing well. Yeah, that's going to be a uh, also Justin Reed. You mentioned Jordan Reed, Chris. It's going to be fun because you've got Justin Reed, Jordan Reed, and then the Texans have their two rookie tight ends, Jordan Thomas and Jordan Aikens, that are both seeing playing time. So I don't want to be a broadcaster in this one because it's going to be kind of a mess out there. It's a lot of Jordans and a lot of Reeds. Um, Robert and, and Brian, I, I, the question I had for you guys, if I could, just to flip the script on, on offense for the Texans, the 30 sacks allowed, is that more on Deshaun or is that more on the offensive line? Who would you kind of assess more of the blame to in that regard? It would be more the offensive line, but it is a little bit of Deshaun Watson because um, earlier in the season, he wasn't making good decisions. You know, whenever the play was going bad, things are breaking down. You know, he's throwing the football, you know, wherever he can. He's just 
just hail marrying it anywhere he can. Um, and then usually that turns into an interception. So it's a combination of the two, but it's more the offensive line. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't get sacks. I mean, what Brian Brian's saying, yeah, he was making some bad decisions on the throws, but yet you don't get sacks because uh, you're just throwing the ball. He was make, getting sacks, too, because Deshaun holds on to the ball. And, and he just, you know, there are times where you got to just let it go and let it fly and, and, and live another day. And one of the things that Deshaun has learned is to do that a little bit, uh, make those decisions a little bit quicker as far as, okay, this isn't working. I, I need to get rid of the ball or I need to take off running a little bit quicker because he's always, you know, for those that haven't seen Deshaun uh, every week, he's always trying to make the big play. I mean, that that's what uh, can be a little bit frustrating because it gets him in trouble occasionally, but more often than not, that's the kind of quarterback that you want. You want somebody that's going to make the big play because I think in the end, in the NFL, you make big plays and you're a better quarterback. That's it's pretty much that simple. That was kind of the, the reason why I wanted to ask that because, uh, you know, again, I mentioned Robert Griffin the third used to be the quarterback here. Uh, you know, and, and mobile quarterbacks and quarterbacks with big arms always tend to hold on to the ball way too long. And it, it's good and it's bad. And if you can make the plays, you can get away with it and you can take a lot of sacks. But, of course, you don't want to take that kind of punishment. And the Redskins' pass rush has been pretty good. Matt Ioannidis has seven and a half sacks. Preston Smith finally got his first sack uh, last week, of course, Ryan Kerrigan. So that's going to be, for me, uh, just like it is for the Redskins on offense, can they protect and hold up against J.J. and Merciless uh, and, again, Jadavion Clowney and everyone else on Houston's defense? That's going to be kind of like my key X-factor matchup. Can Houston's offensive line and Deshaun kind of hold up against the Redskins' pass rush? So I think whichever probably unit has the best day out of that you know, X-Factor matchup probably, probably wins this matchup. The Texans' big weakness is left tackle with Julian Davenport. Can you guys take advantage of it? Because can the Redskins take advantage of that? You know, again, I mentioned Preston Smith just had his first sack of the year last year. He's had good pressure, and he's a free agent to be. I think they can um, because he's a hot – he's a streaky player. Um, So usually he gets in these – modes where he can just take over and go on these three, four game stretches where he'll come away with four or five, six sacks in a stretch. And then he'll just be silent like he was for a large stretch of this year. And then sometimes they'll move Kerrigan over to the right side of the Redskins defense to kind of take advantage of the left side of an opposing offense, kind of what we're talking about. And the Redskins do have some pretty decent backup outside edge rushers. I mentioned Ryan Anderson a little bit earlier, who kind of serves as a fullback, but also an edge linebacker. And then this kid Casanova McKenzie, who played for the first time last week, he, you know, he he kind of he had some good uh, pass rush moves. So, you know, I, I, again, I, I really think, you know, we, now now the key will be, can they contain Deshaun Watson if they get opportunities to corral him? And that's something the Redskins defense has always kind of struggled with when it comes to mobile quarterbacks. They get the pressure. They can't always corral them. And mobile quarterbacks sometimes make these unbelievable extension plays against their defense. Who's your surprise performer this season? Who has jumped out of the radar that you didn't expect? What player would you say has that characteristic? Wow. 
Um, so the Redskins offense has been so dreadful that I, I can't really go with anybody on offense. And, you know, I, I mean, we, we touched on Swearinger. I, I would say certainly, I don't know if that's a surprise, but I, I would say, again, his, his past defense prowess has been a little bit of a surprise. But being that we spent time on him, I'm going to go with a little off-the-wall one. You ready for this? Yeah. Punter Tressway. Punter Tressway, who uh, started off really poorly this year, guys, but has been the best punter in the NFL for the last five or six weeks. And he's averaging over, again, that span, about 49-plus yards a kick. And balls are literally always inside the 20. And Jay Gruden the other day told us, that it's like he's playing at the Masters and he's just pitching a nine iron and he's getting that drawback and they're not even having to down the ball with their gunners. Uh, it's literally been an amazing, amazing progression. Uh, and I think it's his fourth year here in Washington, so it's probably to be expected. But the Redskins have struggled forever defending punt returns. And, and, and I think that's been a huge thing for them because their special teams unit has actually been their best of the three major units this year as part of their six wins. And now, uh, it, it, you know, again, it's a strength. Although I should caution you guys, as we record this, they did have to work out four or five place kickers um, on Tuesday at Redskins Park because their normal place kicker, Dustin Hopkins, is banged up. So we're going to have to monitor that situation to see if they're going to have to bring in somebody. They haven't signed anybody yet if they're going to have to bring in somebody on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, the same thing with the Texans. I mean, special teams went from one of the worst, and it's been one of the worst for the last few years, to one of the best. But, you know, if there's anything that odd could happen this week, I mean, Tyler Irvin, they released him over the bye week, and now they've got a new punt and kick returner. I think it's going to be the guy they picked up off of waivers from the Eagles, DeAndre Carter. And the thing that you, I guess, are worried about is Tyler Irvin had been pretty sure-handed this year. If something like that happens, could something could go wrong there, or maybe something great could happen because Tyler Irvin wasn't going to break one, and that was you know, maybe the thing that they were concerned about most with Tyler Irvin. He's, he just, he just doesn't, didn't do anything spectacular. But, I mean, I'm trying to figure out the the formula for the Redskins to win, and it scares me that I see, well, the, the Texans have more talent. They've had two weeks to prepare. They're healthier. I mean, it's the NFL. When you think everything is one direction, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like, oh, well, it, that, that means it's just going to go the other. I've learned over my years and years and years of covering this league, I have no idea what to expect. I, I mean, I'm expecting the Texans to win this game because of everything you just said. And the Redskins don't have a very good home field advantage. I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. And the players have been chirping about that. Some very critical of the fan base, some very critical of the atmosphere. So this is not a very hostile atmosphere that the Texans are walking into. But we all know, guys, sometimes you come off a bye and you're fresh and you're recharged and you're energetic and you hit the floor. Sometimes it takes you a couple of quarters to wake up. And the Redskins have been a good, strong first-half team. And if they just hit you in the mouth the right way and if the Texans are off, you know, it could be 14-0, 17-0, or 17-3 at the half, and the Redskins have been really good when they have the lead. Out of the rookies of the season, you've got three uh, on IR, three out of the seven draft picks that you had uh, for the mm -hmm. season. Which of them has impressed the guys that are out there? Which of them have impressed you the most? Well, 
I mean, you start with Deron Payne, right? Um, because they called them the Alabama Wall. Him tag teaming with his former Crimson Tide teammate Jonathan Allen, who is in his second year but missed most of his rookie year with a Liz Frank injury. Um, you know, Deron Payne. I think he's a better pass rusher than most people do, but he is a very good run stuffer too. Now they've struggled again a little bit of uh, defending the run the last two weeks because they played two very very good passing offenses. So naturally you're in nickel and you're in dime more and you're in a lighter box and all that good stuff. Uh, but Teron Payne clearly has been great. But you mentioned they haven't been able to get a lot of production out of that second, third and fourth round pick because their second round pick, Darius Geis, tore his ACL six plays into his NFL career. And that was in a preseason game. And then the third and fourth round pick just, uh, you know, IR the last couple of weeks. Um, and really weren't contributing anyway. So the bottom line is, is the Redskins have had, you know, much like a lot of teams, have had a lot of injuries over the course of the last couple of years, and it's really affected their depth. I think they're better depth-wise to handle it. Uh, so far, they haven't had any significant, enormous injuries uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I guess their starting corner, Quentin Dunbar, is probably about as major as it gets. And, and that is a significant one because he hasn't been able to play uh, for two out of the last three weeks. And that is an area of concern heading into this matchup uh, because, of course, you know, when you go against DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas, <laughs> that is that is a scary thought. If if they have to go up against Greg Stroman, who is a seventh round uh, pick, or uh, you know somebody like that, and Adonis Alexander, who was a supplemental pick. So, how long is this, your team that you're covering is going to be called the Washington Redskins as we know it? Oh, they're going to be called the Washington Redskins for as long as I'm living. I can tell you that there is no way in H-E double hockey sticks that uh, Dan Snyder, the Redskins owner, is going to change the name Redskins. Um, no way, no how, no chance. It's not happening, period. End of story. Well, I think uh, when I look at this, it's two teams that both six and three, they're both kind of in watered down divisions. I mean, you guys feel free to disagree with me, but it's like we, we, we kind of know where the, this script is going. They're, they're favored. They're likely to win their division. And if they get one win in the playoffs, I think that's about all you could expect. I, I just don't expect any more from either one of these teams. It's, it's almost like we're looking in the mirror. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on my end. Hey, guys, uh, I just wanted to point out, uh, I may be missing uh, a time in between, but one of the last times, if not the last time, Bill O'Brien was at FedEx Field. He was with the New England Patriots uh, as their offensive coordinator, and Tom Brady just undressed him on the Patriots <laughs> sideline. So I, for your sake, I hope Tom Brady – I know Tom Brady won't be there, although he's on by this week, so maybe he'll make a visit. I hope Bill O'Brien has a little bit better of a trip to FedEx Field this time uh, than he did that time back in, I uh, guess that was what, all the way back in 2011. Uh, I just can't tell the Redskins fans how really not impressed we are with Bill O'Brien and amazed that they've won <laughs> six games in a row. It, 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 it's <laughs> I, I it's it's truly remarkable there was there's been some fortune but hey you, you take some fortune sometimes in the nfl it happens every year uh thanks so much for doing this chris and i and uh we're at locked on texans for any of the redskins fans that want to hear what we, we've got to say what's going on over uh on this side uh i'm, I'm sure you've got locked on redskins and what, what's your uh personal twitter 
Well, we have, yeah, at WrestleMania 621, and, and we're just kind of launching the Lockdown Redskins uh, uh, because of some logistical issues, uh, you know, in terms of the Twitter feed. But uh, at Lockdown NFL Net, as you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, is, is a good way to, of course, get all of our information and all of the various hosts uh, and timely breaking news. So. Uh, that's the best way to kind of go about that as well. Well, looking forward to this one. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, and uh, another great Locked On crossover. Uh, keep staying with us. We do this daily. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.